welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio right here on AM 920, Atlanta's own The Answer. In this segment of the show, forbearance programs, are they coming to an end? There's a lot of people out in America, homeowners in America today, that have not made mortgage payments in quite some time. And it could be those programs are coming to an end. And we need to understand, we need to talk about it as a community, how we're supposed to deal with that. When getting pre-approved for a mortgage, should you stick with only one lender or should you get pre-approved with three or four or five? And then for those who have listened to the first two segments of the show, you know that I'm joined in the studio by Tammy Slay from Frisco, Texas. And uh, Tammy, is uh, she is my significant other. We are going steady, if you will. <laughs> and so she is in Atlanta visiting because we live in different cities. And you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. My name is Cleve Gaddis. And my goal here is to help listeners go from real estate novices to experts so home selling and buying can be done with total confidence and without all the worry that's typical with life's biggest investments. We want to connect with you. We really, really do. Go to gogaddisradio.com. That's G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions. You can make comments. You can push back. I don't mind you challenging me. You can share ideas. You can ask for your neighborhood to be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, which we are not going to have one of those this week, but in most episodes of the show we do. And you can also subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> Tammy, as the pandemic started, and you and I do the same thing for those who have just joined us, uh, Tammy is a real estate broker, owns her own brokerage in Frisco, Texas. I am a real estate broker. I do not own my own brokerage. I'm the managing broker for a property management company, but I basically am the managing partner for the team, Gaddis Group at Remax Center. So we basically do the same thing. When the pandemic started, it did not take long for the U.S. government to put a forbearance program in place for people who were being negatively affected financially by the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I support that 100% because there's not much somebody could do about you know their income being cut in half or going away or whatever it might be. But the forbearance programs are going to come to an end. And everybody needs to be aware of how that's going to work. So do you have, is, is forbearance a big subject with your, uh, with homeowners in, in the Dallas and Frisco area? Not a big subject. No. Not, not within our market. Not within your, oh, that's very now, interesting. So you could be in a market where mm -hmm. people are a little bit better financially protected, yes. maybe. Uh, because I know that area, a lot of oil job, mm -hmm. I mean, all kind. I mean, it's, it's a lot of technology in your mm -hmm. area, right? That's just, just new, north of Dallas, right? Just north of Dallas. So the way it's going to work is this. The, you cannot apply, as of today, you cannot apply for a new loan forbearance program after September the 30th. So that's the real deadline. Once you've made application, so let's just say you made application last month. Let's say you made it in July. Then you will be eligible for six months worth of forbearance and, believe it or not, up to 12 months worth of extensions if the right circumstances exist. So you could have forbearance for a full 18 months. Now, forbearance does not mean that someone would be able to forego all of their payments and never pay them back. So at the end of the 90-day or 180-day period, Tammy, they would have to actually catch up on the payments or they would have to agree to take what they were behind and put it on the back end of the loan or spread it out over a couple of years, any different way. But the deadline is September the 30th of 2021. Who knows? Congress might extend it again. Uh, my guess is at some point they're probably going to say enough is enough and we've got to get, do things to get the economy back to a little bit more normalcy. Mm-hmm. Any questions or comments or thoughts on forbearance? 
No, I'm well. Actually, yes. Perfect. I, I, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> I was looking at your face, and I'm like, there is a question there. I can see it right under the surface. I can see the question. I am always about clarity and knowing what everybody's options are. So, yes. um, even though in the market area that I serve, yes. forbearance isn't a high topic. Yes, we do have the occasional seller that does approach us and share with us mm-hmm. what's been going on in their personal finances because right. this is a very private, confidential conversation. It and it's, it's a matter... It's very difficult. It's very difficult. Very difficult. And often I've found that in um, partnerships, marriages, relationships, or people who um, cohabit together, one significant other doesn't know about the situation or doesn't know about the forbearance that may be the one that was responsible for paying the bills or is in charge of that. Yep. And so there's a little disconnect there. And what we're seeing is when we are approached by sellers, those that approach the majority of those that do approach us in our market, and again, it's not a high majority, um, they have questions about their options. Should they sell Mm -hmm. before the other partner finds out? So they're wanting to get clarity on what their options are. Oh, wow. That's a difficult situation. Mm -hmm. Hey, I've been lying. Let me just, I'm just making this up. Hey, I've been lying to my husband Mm -hmm. for the last six months, nine months, year about our financial situation. And, you know, the, 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 the the rooster's coming home to roost. I'm not sure, (laughs) you know, but now I'm I'm paying for it. Now I got to do something. That would be a very, very difficult situation. Well, let's just talk real quickly and we'll jump on to another subject. So in order to exit forbearance, you either have to qualify to get out of forbearance, you have to be able to make your payments and to create some kind of repayment plan, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And there's lots of flexibility there when your loan is owned by the government. Another option is for you to not be able to get out of forbearance and for your home to be foreclosed. Uh, in the state of Georgia, it is very different to foreclose a home than it is in most states. States. They literally, the lender gives you 30 days notice. They auction your house off on the courthouse steps the first Tuesday of the following month. Mm -hmm. It is a very specific process. That's also why mortgage rates are a little cheaper in Georgia because the lenders like it because it's very favorable for them. That is an awful option. I didn't bring it up as second because it's the better option. But a third option, and many people, I I was reading something the other day, Tammy, that says the average homeowner in America has $170-something thousand worth of equity in their home. Well, if I'm in forbearance, and you as a lender try to take my home and I've got 170000 in equity, there ain't no way that's happening. I'm going to hire somebody. I'm going to get my home in the right shape. I'm going to sell it. I'm going to maybe I spend a little bit of money. Maybe I have to spend a little money to catch up on the mortgage. But the reality is if I've got 170000 in equity and you're my lender, you ain't going to get it. I don't know what else <laughs> to tell you. And I think that's the way it should work. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So, and the reason I bring this up yes. is if you have any of your listeners that are in this dynamic situation, this unique situation, I would be talking to a professional right now. And I'm just going to throw you in on that. Well, perfect. And you know what? Yeah. I, 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 the more difficult the conversation, Tammy, I hate mm-hmm. to say this, but the more I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to use, I'm going to say the more I like it. I don't mean I like it. They're very difficult situations. The more purpose I feel about getting up and going to work every day when I can help people with difficult things. And if you're listening and you've got some kind of weird stuff going on with your finances and you need to talk about how your house might play into that whole process of coming clean or, or getting back mm-hmm. up to zero or whatever it is, 770-497-0000 is the number. This segment of the show is brought to you by the law firm of O'Kelly and Sorahan. They're a full-service law firm with 21 offices throughout Metro Atlanta. We use attorneys to close 
transactions in the state of Georgia, in the state of Texas, you use title companies, I believe, to close transactions. This is an, an attorney state. This firm specializes in residential real estate closings, including home purchases, refinance closings, corporate relocation, real estate contract review, and title insurance matters. They can be reached by calling 770-497-1880, 770-497-1880. I wouldn't close anywhere else, Tammy, if I could avoid it. I've closed lots of transactions myself as a home buyer, as a home seller over the years, and I have never closed one anywhere else other than with that firm. So that's our suggestion. Oh. They are a preferred attorney. I've got a question, if you don't mind. In fact, we'll switch this around. Instead of you asking me a question, I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> and the question is, should a borrower or a buyer get pre-approved with only one lender, or should they get pre-approved with multiple lenders? And I'd love to get your take. We've only got about three minutes left in the segment, but I'd love to get your take real quickly. Then we'll do mine maybe in about a minute, and we'll go into the next lightning round, and we'll call it a segment. All right. All I right. like it. My answer is yes. I do believe they should get pre-approved with more than one lender. Okay. Um. Lenders have different programs out there. Lenders have different access to different loan programs. And so I say, yeah, get pre-approved with more than one lender. Talk to all of them. Talk to their underwriter. Is their underwriter in-house? Is their underwriter out of house? How fast can they close on a loan? Do you need a portfolio loan for your specific situation? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I say absolutely. So interesting. What about for the borrower who is nervous about giving all of their financial information to multiple lenders? How do they deal with that? Then be really good at your interview process. And contact, pick the right one. Pick the right one. So I have found sometimes it's helpful for a person to really get fully pre-approved with one lender and one lender only. But hang on just a minute because mm -hmm. I'm circling back to mm -hmm. what you were suggesting anyway. And that is you have to play one lender against another. You just have to. Mm -hmm. And so if you get pre-approved with one, then once you identify the property you want, my suggestion is then you shop around to a couple of other lenders. Mm -hmm. But you don't even have to leave the first lender. In many cases, if you find another lender that does something better, you just... You know, go to the back to your first lender and say, hey, these people can do something a little bit better. So anyway, Tammy says get pre-approved for multiple lenders. And she's saying that because you got to make sure you get in the best terms you can possibly get. Cleve is saying it's okay to get pre-approved with one, but don't you dare close on that loan without shopping that thing around because, mm -hmm. you know, you only get one chance to lock in on that 30-year mortgage at rates this low. I think we've got a lightning round. we got about a minute and 20 seconds left in the segment, Tammy, and you just fire away, and I'll answer these questions as honestly as I can and as quickly as I can. All right. What's your favorite ice cream parlor in Atlanta area? Oh, goodness. Andy's. Andy's. Andy's on Old Milton. I love that place. What do you get? Uh, the last time I got, I got like a strawberry sundae. Just huh? vanilla with strawberry. I love strawberry. That's what you and I ate the last time we went and ate. That's what I ate when you and I went and ice <laughs> ate ice cream together as well. Yes, you did. <laughs> All right. What's your favorite coffee shop? Uh, Peach Coffee on Jones Bridge Road, just south of State Bridge Road. It's owned by one of my neighbors. His name is David Pittman. He is an amazing coffee connoisseur. He's a coffee grater. I mean, it's just a wonderful experience, and I've never had a cup of coffee that I did not like in that place. All right. Favorite place to buy popcorn? That's at a movie theater. Okay. Always, always, always at a movie theater. My favorite Italian restaurant is Maggiano's, and people are going to say, I can't believe that would be his favorite <laughs> Italian, but I love their, um, gosh, what is the tiramisu? They have the best tiramisu, uh, the cake. My favorite place to hike is Stone Mountain, and to me, the best amusement park in Atlanta is Six Flags, although Whitewater, I think they might be owned by the same thing. I used to love Whitewater as a kid, but Six Flags... Uh, is an amazing amusement. You have Six Flags in Texas we as well. Do. do you have one in Dallas? Yeah. Oh, yeah, That we share that in common. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, what values 
did my parents teach me while growing up? How do you select the right real estate agent for you? And what if you're trying to sell a home with pets? Are there things you should do or think about in advance? We've got those subjects and more. We'll be back.